Welcome to another audio podcast by ChristchurchChristianCenter.org. It's from the Greek verb katartizo. And uh, we're talking about mending our nets as a church, which isn't a response to anything negative, but it's m- about making preparations for the future. That if we want our church to, to grow and be effective at catching people, then our nets have got to be mended. And so this, this Greek verb, katatizo, is used in slightly different ways through the New Testament, and we've looked at two of them so far. So the first one we looked at a couple of weeks ago was restore from Galatians 6, verse 1. Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. The second one, katatizo, has been translated as be perfectly joined together. From 1 Corinthians 10, Now I plead with you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. And the third use of katartizo that we're looking at this morning is taken from 1 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 10. And Paul writes to the Thessalonian church that we pray most earnestly night and day that we may see you face to face and supply what is lacking in your faith. Which word do you think is katartizo? Keep thinking. So a large reason why Paul was writing to the Thessalonian church was to educate them in the facts about the return of Christ and what happens when Christians die. The Thessalonians were also experiencing something else quite significant, which Paul addresses here in chapter 3. And I'm, I'm going to read now the first 10 verses of 1 Thessalonians 3 to put the whole thing into a wider context. So 1 Thessalonians 3 verses 1 to 10. You can turn to any Bibles if you want to, but it will be on the screen. Therefore, when we could bear it no longer, we were willing to be left behind at Athens alone. And we sent Timothy, our brother and God's co-worker in the gospel of Christ, to establish and exhort you in the faith, that no one would be moved by these afflictions. For you yourselves know that we are destined for this. For when we were with you, we kept telling you beforehand that we were to suffer affliction, just as it has come to pass, and just as you know. For this reason, when I could bear it no longer, I sensed to learn about your faith, for fear that somehow the tempter had tempted you, and our labor would be in vain. But now that Timothy has come to us from you, and has brought us the good news of your faith and love, and reported that you always remember us kindly and long to see us as long as we long to see you, for this reason, brothers, in all our distress and affliction, we have been comforted about you through your faith. For now we live if you are standing fast in the Lord. For what thanksgiving can we return to God for you, for all the joy that we feel for your sake before our God, as we pray most earnestly, night and day, that we may see you face to face and supply what is lacking in your faith. And so that last verse, verse 10, contains our Greek word, katatizo, in this case translated as supply, supply. Paul was praying that they, that, that they would be able to come and supply what is lacking in the faith of the Thessalonians. So the question I want to ask is, what was lacking in the Thessalonians' faith? 
one significant thing that you might have picked up on through those verses is the word affliction, mentioned three or four times. And it's a really important thing to know what to do when affliction comes, how to respond to affliction. And by the word affliction, I mean a cause of pain or harm or discomfort. We've all experienced, every one of us, some kind of affliction in our lives at some point. And I'm sure some of us right now are being afflicted in some way. And the Thessalonians were experiencing affliction in the form of persecution for their beliefs. But affliction also happens for many other reasons. And as we continue to think about mending our nets, I want us to think about how to supply what is lacking in our faith and in the faith of others. Because as Christians, in our faith, we must be continuously moving forward. But in some people's faith, there are areas that are lacking, such as affliction. And those areas that are lacking in our faith prevent us from moving forward in our faith as we should be doing. And so our faith can be lacking in different ways. I've mentioned affliction, but there's also other ways that our faith can be lacking that prevents us from moving forward, such as false beliefs, doubts, lack of assurance of salvation, and fear, amongst many other things. And Paul felt it here necessary to supply what was lacking in the Thessalonians' faith, and their reaction to affliction was part of that. And our reaction to affliction is important. And I want to talk especially, quite significantly, about that this morning, about our response to affliction. What happens? What do we do as Christians when we are afflicted? Because our reaction to affliction reveals what we believe about God. Our reaction to affliction reveals what we believe about his ways of working and his purposes in our life. I don't know if you know, but some people, I'm sure no one here, has got very wrong ideas about who God is and 